but we're going to get on out and we're going to get right back into this. And, and, um, we're talking about the types of prayer, right? I'm looking at the clock. I want to get you guys out of here. You know, we want to be uh, considerate of your time, but we're, we're, this is going to be part six of the with all kinds series. And we're going, we're basing this off of, um, what Paul told us in Ephesians in 6.18, that we are to pray with all types of prayer, right? And there's a lot of people, the reason God wanted me to break this down and break it down in depth was because people are not seeing the results of, the, of their prayers. I believe that every person in here could probably at some point raise their hand and say they did not see an answered prayer. Now, there's a lot of different reasons for that, that that can be. But the biggest thing you need to understand from the beginning is, are you using the right type of prayer? Okay, because most of the people only understand one type, which is you just ask God for something and then you just wait for something to happen. Right? So God wants you to know there's a lot of different types of prayer. And we've been breaking those down. And I'm not going to go through all of them. I will give you the list of what we covered up to this point. We're going to do two today. And then that will leave three for next week. And then we'll wrap that up. Right? But so what's the point? God wants you to understand there's more than one way of prayer. And it's not just begging him for something. All right? We actually just got through with one type of prayer right here, which is worship. Right? The prayer of worship. That's, guys, ministering to the Lord is one of the most, most powerful, powerful, powerful types of prayer that doesn't get used correctly anymore. A lot of people think worship is just entertainment. Right? And as a matter of fact, and you see this a lot. I was talking with a lady the other day that somewhat follows us on, on, on Facebook. So she hears our music and all of this. And she questioned why we don't play some of the newer songs. Listen, just because a song is on the radio and just, just because it's from a Christian artist does not mean that it's a worship song. A worship song is going to be a song that ministers to the Lord because that's what worship is. It's where we set aside our selfish, fleshly nature and we take the time to get before our Heavenly Father who created us and we minister to Him. We thank Him for His goodness. We thank Him for the promises. We thank Him for all the, the way that He made for us to overcome everything in this earth. And we thank Him from a heart of loving Him, right? And desiring that relationship with Him just like He desires the relationship with us. Amen? So, all right. So, and that was one of the types that we talked about. Of course, the, the first type of prayer that we talked about is just the prayer of faith. And that's the one most people know and understand. And most people, that's the one, most, most people, that's the only one they ever use, which the prayer of faith is asking God for something. I need a change. I need you to change my, my job. I need you to change my relationship. I need you to change something, right? And so most people understand that. Now, listen, if, if, you, if you haven't heard these, right, they're on our podcast. Please go back and listen to those. All right, because this is very important, guys, because the body of Christ, we need to be seeing our prayers answered because there's a lot for us left to do. And guys, when you look at the times that we're in, oh, glory, 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 we need to be making a difference. So you got to understand this. You need to understand the top, right type of prayer to use at the right time. All right. And then we went into praying in the spirit. All right. And that's one we don't hear a lot talked about now. Most churches today call it your prayer language. I don't care what you call it. It's the same thing, praying in tongues. Right. Maybe it's just a little easier to swallow that one uh, by, by calling it your prayer language. But we talked about the importance of praying in the Spirit and praying in tongues. Now listen, you may, not, you may never agree with me on that. And much as I teach you and much as I show you in Scripture, and that's okay. 
That's, don't get mad at me. I'm not going to get mad at you. We can agree to disagree, but I will say this. There's going to be things that you will not walk in in, this, in, the, in this, this, this dispensation that we're in right now if you do not ever tap into and understand the need for praying in the Spirit, right? So just don't get mad at me when we're walking in a little bit better things, right? right? Amen. <laughs> but it's very important, you know, and I know a lot of that's a big debate nowadays. All right. And then, of course, last week we talked about the unified prayer, which is where we come together corporately. Come on. You bring your anointing in the house. Tim brings his anointing. Jessica brings his anointing. Jamin brings his anointing. Kenan brings his anointing. All of this. We come into the house of God unified, believing together the same way with the same spirit of faith. And then we come together corporately to pray. And that's how we get things done corporately. In other words, you're valuable to this service. I don't care if you realize it or not. Most people are so beaten down from, from, by this world that they don't feel like they have any value in it. They just feel like they're existing. Well, I'm here to tell you, you're valuable. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you receive the anointing and, and, the, and the Holy Spirit lives inside you. You receive power to do what God's called you to do. Glory to God. You're valuable not only to yourself, you're valuable to your church. There's so many reasons why we need to be attending church. This is why it was so, so detrimental that we got back in church when churches started shutting down after COVID, right? Because we needed to gather corporately so that our anointings could come together, guys, and we could tap into that corporate anointing and we can get greater things done. You know, and I use the illustration about why it is that larger churches get things done. It's because they have more anointing. They have more people. And that's the total spiritual side of that, but it's just a simple truth, right? What's the point of all that? I want you to understand you have an anointing. You have an anointing to receive, and you have an anointing to give. And I'm not talking about financial. I'm talking about an anointing to give to this service. It's important that you're here. See the value in yourself, right? Always see the value in yourself, right? All right. So let's get after the two that we're going to talk about today. And now these are not uh, run around the room, jump uh, up and down types of prayer, but these are very important types of prayer. Okay. And the first one that I want to dissect and I want to talk about is the prayer of consecration. All right. And this is not one that gets talked about a lot. And some people think they know the meaning of this, but, and it's not that it has two different meanings, but I think we overlook one aspect of the prayer of consecration. All right. Some of you are looking at me kind of funny. So the prayer of consecration is just simply where you dedicate your life to Christ. In other words, we, we, in other words, you, we, we pray over you so that you can dedicate your life for God's use to, you know, to go anywhere or to, or to do anything. That's what the prayer of consecration is. Now, we mainly see this in a formal setting, in a church service, right? Where the church, maybe they're sending out a, someone to go into full-time ministry, to go into, to become a youth pastor or to become an associate pastor, or maybe we're sending them out to, to become a campus pastor, or we're sending them to India to go on the mission field, uh, anything like that. That's, that's typically where you see that. And people understand that's the type of prayer that the pastor is going to pray over those people, sending them out to preparing them to do what, they're, they're, what, what God's called them to do. And we're actually going to, we'll be praying that prayer over our interns, right? How many interns are in here? There's Jessica and there's Keenan. I think Anna and Nathan are back in the children's. And I'm going to tell you because they're about to graduate. This is the last week. Was this the last week? Last week, right. So we've got two weeks, 
Wait, you're telling me they're done? All right, so you guys, okay. You failed, you got to do it again. So we're going back. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Listen, I'm very, very pleased with our interns. And those of you that don't know, we have an internship program that helps people that are interested in going into full-time ministry. It's a nine-month program. And I will say this. This is our second round. This will be our second uh, group to graduate. We have four. Uh, they have been amazing. They really have. I, I, they have grown uh, spiritually, but they, they've grown naturally. And by what I mean naturally is they've, they, they're learning the business side of church, which is very important. I think they would all uh, attest. And they've learned so many things about how you're just work, dealing with people, dealing with volunteers. Dealing, but they, they've also learned spiritually. They've learned to speak. Jessica dropped the mic when she gave her sermon on Wednesday night. It was amazing. Kenan did a great job with his, right? As did all of them. But I think one of the things that really impressed me the most about all of them is their heart to do what God's called them to do. They literally, guys, the interns are literally here all week long doing something. They have, we meet on, on Monday nights, and we're usually half the, most of the night talking and going over their, their plan for the week, and then they're giving their assignments for the next week, and then throughout the week, they're up here doing things. They're filling in positions in the back. They're taking care of things that need to be done in the church, and, 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 they, and they're also required to come to all activities and help Get those, make those happen. And they were fabulous. I can actually count on one hand how many times between all four of them, any one of them missed a single thing that we did in nine months' time. And that was pretty awesome. That shows me their heart and their dedication. Right? I just wanted to brag on you guys. Very pleased. And look, really, I look forward to, to, to you guys graduating. I look forward to the next step for you guys. And, and I know Jessica's like, please stop talking about me. People are looking at me. Right? <laughs> very proud of you. Proud of you. I know we're not supposed to use that word, but I'm very happy. Please do it. Amen. All right, so we're talking about the prayer of consecration, right? There's another side of the prayer of consecration. Now, we know Jesus... He, he was, he, he, we, we see the prayer of consecration at the Garden of Gethsemane, and we'll talk about that some more in a second. And Jesus was teaching the disciples something right there, right? But one side of the prayer of consecration is that we need to be doing that every day. Every day? Every day? Well, yeah, we need to. I do this every single day. This is how I start my day. And you'll understand why more. And you should do it also. You should do the prayer of consecration every day. Because when you pray the prayer of consecration, that is the part where you are surrendering yourselves completely to God. Now, that sounds all churchy and that sounds all great, but just ask yourself, are you fully surrendered to God? Don't answer me, but just ask yourself. Because, you know, we always have to look at ourselves and see what areas we may need to adjust or things we may need to do different or ask the Holy Spirit to show us some things that we need to change. Because there are people that are not receiving answers to their prayer because they haven't surrendered completely to God. See, a lot of people are trying to do their own agenda and include God in the equation, right? And, and that's, that's just not going to work. It's not going to work. Amen? So... We, wanna, we should be praying the prayer of consecration every day so that you can separate yourself completely to God's will, right? And this is a big one, guys, because there's a lot of people that get hung up in, I want to do my will. I want to do what I want to do, 
right? I want to do my agenda, right? And, and then they lose sight of what God's perfect will is. Amen? And as a result, come on, they're not, because they're not surrendered to God, they're not pursuing his desires, they're not pursuing his will to be done on earth, they're just trying to do what they want to do, but when they fall into trouble and they fall into issues and they fall into turmoil, they're quick to go to God because they want him to fix it so I can get back to my plan, get back to my will, right? But listen, you, if you're going to receive answers to your prayers, guys, you've got to learn to pray the prayer of consecration right there. And that's why, that's why Jesus said right in the garden, he said he, he, what he was doing was he was surrendering to God's will and not his will. You've got to remember, Jesus was a man when he came on earth. He had feelings. He had emotions. He had to make choices. He had to make decisions, right? And he was surrendering to God's will, not his will, because he knew what was coming. And naturally, he didn't, I mean, you, you can only imagine, he didn't want to go through that, right? Your natural flesh would not want to face that, right? And how many of you know this flesh is what's going to stop you from surrendering to God? Yeah. This flesh can get you in trouble, guys. Yeah. Amen? This flesh can get you in trouble. Matter of fact, that's going to be the, what will stop you from surrendering to God's will. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> with the, I was saying, you know, I've been doing really good. You know, you guys know I kind of have a thing for sweets, all right? I really do. And, you know, I've been working, God's, you know, God's, God's been working with me on living a life of health, okay? And um, what does that mean? That means that we take responsibility for our lives and try to eat uh, and do things to, to make ourselves healthy naturally so that we're not always just going to God for a healing miracle. You know, a lot of people eat and live and do whatever they want, and then they want to stand in faith and try to believe God for the miracle. But God, was, he's, been, he's been dealing with me on sweets. You know, I love Krispy Kreme donuts. Anybody know that? And I thank all of the Krispy, I thank you all for the Krispy Kreme donuts and, the, and all of that, but I want you to know something. I'm trying not to eat as many, right? And I want to tell you something. Michelle and I went to uh, Bow and Arrow. Any of you guys ever been to Bow and Arrow? Yeah. We went there the other night, uh, and Friday night, and we were eating, and we were eating with some friends, and they bought a, at the end, they bought a dessert. I didn't want dessert. I wanted dessert, but they were like, they, they were treating us to a meal, and they were like, well, we'll buy you a dessert. And I'm like, no, 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 I don't want a dessert. I really wanted a dessert, because they look really, really good. No, yeah, we're going to get you a dessert. We'll get one, and we'll share it, you know? I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, okay, you know. So we get this chocolate eclair. Eclair, is it eclair? I don't know what it's called, but I know it looked good. And he, they set that thing on the table and gave us four spoons, and I'm looking at that. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not going to eat this. My flesh is like, that's going to be good. You're going to enjoy that. And you want that. You know, I'm just, my mouth's watering, you know, and I'm looking at it. It's got like a chocolate fudge on the top and all. You know, I'm like, oh, my gosh. I'm like, I rebuke you in Jesus' name, Lord. You know, you, wanna be, you, you, wanna be, you don't want to be crazy in the restaurant, you know. But I'm looking at it, and everybody starts digging in their little corner of it, and I'm looking at it, and my hand starts easing over to the spoon, you know. Easing, long story short, yes, I took a bite, right? And then I thought I was done. I thought I was done. But that thing was good. 
It was so good. And you know, this flesh is strong, man. It's strong. Y'all know, act like, look at me so holy. Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Because then I'm, I'm sitting there and then they encourage me. Come on, you only took one bite. I'm like, please shut up. Get behind me, Satan. You know, I don't need another bite. So anyway, I got one more bite. It wasn't a big bite. The second one was smaller, right? And then I was repenting all the way to the car. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. <laughs> What's my point in all that? Listen, your flesh is strong. Your flesh is strong, guys. And you've, if you're going to receive answers to your prayers, guys, and if you're going to surrender to God, you've got to learn to control this flesh. And throughout Scripture, and I know we teach on this in a lot of different ways, and I mean, you can do sermon after sermon. Austin's done some on, the, on, control, on, on what it is to control the flesh. Uh, you've got to learn to control this. I mean, if you really think about the, just the, uh, uh, just look at the divorce rate. Let's use that as an example. People go through situations, and I know there's a lot of situations that cause divorces, but most of them are driven by flesh. In other words, people get into some kind of fleshly situation, come on, that drives them. In other words, they they look at this young lady over here, and she looks a lot, she looks beautiful. You know, and and, and she's just the way I like her. I'm not pointing to anybody, I'm pointing to that chair, okay? (laughs) Just so y'all aren't saying, that pastor's talking about that, right? (laughs) But But see, their flesh is extremely attracted to that. And if they don't control that, come on, before you know it, you guys know, let's be real. You know, before you know it, now you've got a dangerous situation, now you've got a family destroyed, all driven by the flesh. And addictions are the same way, guys. And I'm going to tell you, if you would learn to control your flesh before it gets to an addiction. This is, and I'm going to tell you a story. I, this, we'll get back to this, I promise, but this is very important. Holy Spirit's pulling me to this. I had a, a, a gentleman that I was working with in a church. It was a, it was a couple. They came to us, and I was working on, on staff there. And they were sharing with us that they had a problem. And we met with them, and we sat there, and they were talking. And the problem was their 14-year-old son had gotten addicted to pornography. Now, this family wasn't in church. You know, that sometimes they would come, you know. But they weren't in church. They weren't really living the principles of God. They weren't studying the Word. They weren't feeding on all of that. And they didn't even understand a lot of the things that you guys get right here. And it was horrible. And this boy, this young man, he wasn't a big, big child, but he was, he was, he, he was so consumed with it, guys. When they would try to take his technology devices, his iPad and his phone away from him, he would become violent, violent. And all of that was driven by flesh. But that child had never been taught to control your flesh from a biblical standpoint. Right, that child didn't understand that he was being driven by 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 uh, by demonic oppression from the ways of this world to influence them to to sin. Right, he didn't understand all that, and the, even the father didn't know. And I'll never forget this because it was so powerful to me. The father told me after we had met with him probably about five or six times. He told me with tears in his eyes, and he told me, he said, "I wish more than anything." And, and parents, please listen to this. He said, I wish more than anything that I would have gotten my children in church and gotten myself in the church at a young age where I would have known this about being able to be spirit-led and how to teach my family how to control their flesh so that my son never would have fallen into an addiction. 
Because you see, if you learn to control your flesh, the minute the, 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 the devil tries to influence you to sin, come on, he's going to do it in your brain. He's going to do it in your mind. And the minute he starts to do that, if you understand how to control your flesh, you're rebuking those thoughts. You're not letting them stay up there. Amen. And see, he didn't teach his child that. He didn't even know himself about it. So as a result, the child ended up into this addiction. Now it's really dangerous. And there's a lot of people in addiction. And when you get into an addiction, you almost always have to have prof- professional help to get out of it. Long story, now, the, the, the boy eventually got out of it. But I'm going to tell you something. He will always remember that. And he will always, in some way, uh, deal with that, have to deal with all of that. Amen? So what's the point in all that? Make sure you're teaching your children 